You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. I want to welcome you this morning. My name is Carrie Gray, and I'm the executive over our adult ministries team here at Real Life. And as you came in this morning, you could see we had a big old awning in the lobby. Today is our life group kickoff. It's a big day. Yeah, it's a big day in our church calendar. And for some of you coming in, maybe you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) What is a life group? Well, our community every fall gathers back together in homes all throughout our community on various nights of the week for the purpose of growing in spiritual maturity. Uh, With that, we like to have snacks. Some of us eat dinner. There's a time for prayer. And we also talk a lot about um, what we got out of the sermon and how that's going to apply to our lives. Uh, Last year, I think we had 27 plus groups that met all over the Palouse. So that's exciting. But uh, today, you're going to get a chance to watch a video of, uh, from a couple who did our new groups last year. So you're going to hear how that experience went for them. You're also going to hear from two couples and their, their journey through doing life groups as they tried that last year as well. But before we get to that, I've been on a little journey. Uh, just to let you in on my personality, if you didn't know, I am a question asker. I can't, I can't help it. It is just flat out how God made me. When it comes to the topics in the Bible or um, a plan or an idea, I can't help it. I want to know more. I want to understand. I want to ask questions. So some of the big topics that I've been digging in lately, some of them with some girls here at the church, were um, why actually the cross on that Friday night? Why did that have to happen? Like, God's a pretty big God. Why the cross? And if that did happen, and what was all going on with regards to that, how does that fit fit into the more bigger picture of the scriptures? And then what's my response to that? So that's some stuff I've been digging in on. And even like today, I'm going to ask you guys to consider getting into a life group. And every fall, I ask myself that same question. Carrie, are you going to do it? Are you going to partner? Here we go. Um, And so for me to ask you guys to do that, for me to consider it myself, I can't help it. I want to dig it into again. What does the gospel message have to say? And maybe you might be surprised. Like, Carrie, I thought as a pastor here on church, you're on staff here. Why? I mean, haven't you had those questions already answered? Why are you asking them again? Well, again, because God made me a question asker. I am never content that I have all the information. I always want to dig in more. And the other thing that I'm learning is that there's one thing to get the information, and it's another thing to learn how to communicate that effectively so that other people can kind of understand what you're sharing. So with that, I'm going to bring you along with where I've been, and we'll see if that wraps us back around to life groups. Did you guys know that of the 38 parables that we have recorded in scripture, 20 of them repeat a phrase over and over and over again. Did you know that that same phrase is repeated 50 times alone in the book of Matthew? I didn't know this. Do you guys know what the phrase is? You ready? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So I like the amplified version. It says, repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life. 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is this kingdom of heaven that is at hand that Jesus is talking about? So in Matthew chapter four, I really had fun finding out how Matthew kind of stacks itself, those first seven chapters. But here I'm gonna jump to Matthew chapter four. We see Jesus, he's a young prophet, he's on the scene, he's making the circuit. We see him walking along the Sea of Galilee. He sees his disciples and he says, come follow me. I'm gonna show you a lot about the kingdom. And then in chapters five through seven in Matthew, Jesus takes the time to show his disciples what the kingdom is all about. And he starts with the Beatitudes. He says, the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. He says, live like this. These are the principles that you get to live out. And then in chapter six of Matthew, Jesus says, this is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. I can't help it, but there's a phrase that jumps out that here on earth. What is that meaning? Well, the prayer goes on, and yet again, Jesus is doing all of this because he wants to help his disciples see that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I know that when I was a little one and I accepted Jesus as my savior and jumping into this faith with God and trying to understand everything, I never quite understood the depth to what that message was. There was a deeper invitation in what Jesus was communicating to his followers in the gospels. Jesus is saying, I am here, but I didn't come to take you out of here. I came to show you what it looks like to engage. Jesus is saying, I am here with you. You are not gonna do this alone. But going back to this word heaven, what that means is it simply, it's God's space. Jesus praying that God's space and man's space would come back together. His will, his way, exactly the way that he desired it. Psalms 115, 16 says that the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he gave to mankind. It's two spaces, but those spaces were never created to act separately. Have you guys thought about that? That wasn't the original intent, because if you go back to Genesis 1, what do you guys see? God's space and man's space coming back together. They were interlocking. There was no distinction between the two. God puts man and woman in the garden, and he says, rule over it. And God says, everything that I made, he looked at it, and he said, what? It's very good, right? There was order. There was alignment. Everything had intentionality, just the way that God had designed it, and everybody knew their assignment. But then what happened? What happened? Genesis 2, there's a tree, right? Doggone tree. And God says, don't touch it. Leave it alone. Stay away. Because if you disobey and you choose to eat and do things your own way and take from the tree, you are going to disrupt the created order. And if you choose to do things your way, you're going to miss the mark. And that's sin. 
We know what happens. They choose to eat. They separate the spaces. Now, it'd be pretty arrogant to think that as human beings, we could drive God away from his world, right? We are image bearers. We're not God, okay? And God works really quickly to put a plan of restoration back in place to put together again this good and perfect world. There is an arc to the Bible story. The book is not haphazard. When Jesus comes on the scene, he is telling his followers where they've been, where they're going, and why he is here. He says, will you join me in making this kingdom of God a reality right here, right now? Bringing God's space and man's space back together, okay? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Where Adam and Eve didn't obey about the tree and with it came death and sin and brokenness and pain, Jesus did obey about the tree and what he did on the cross, that was absolutely sufficient and brought everything back together. It broke the linking between sin and death. Yes, there's still brokenness in the world, right? You and I, we can feel pain and hurt. It can be difficult at times. But this is what Revelations 21 and 22 talk about when they talk about that God's city coming back down, linking again and creating that overlapping with God's space and man's space once again. We haven't seen the end of the story, but we know how the story ends. This is good news. And in the meantime... There's an opportunity. The good news is that Jesus didn't came, he didn't come to save us alone, okay? Salvation was never the end game. It was the on-ramp. It launches us on a journey. He came to show us what it looks like to live on earth in a way that's properly ordered and aligned with his agenda, You know, the invitation was given to Adam and Eve, and as much as we want to blame them, the invitation was given to the disciples, and that same invitation is given to you and me. Do we want to do it God's way or my way? What am I willing to hand myself over to? Because this is the good news with Jesus' kingdom. First, there's forgiveness of sin. The second you receive eternal life. You do not have to have fear of death any longer. There is eternal life for those that believe. And the third thing, there is purpose. For each and every one of you, you were created on purpose for a purpose. And we get the opportunity to choose to follow him and bring those spaces back together. He says, if you follow me, not only can I take you through death, I can take you through life as well. Is that not good news? Yes. Yes. Okay. So as believers, what does that mean then? Okay. You're like, Carrie, I'm in. I like it. I'm excited. Now what? Well, don't do anything. Okay. The first thing you need to do is realize that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, he comes and dwells within you. He is called the wise counselor. He will nudge you and move you and guide you. And the second thing is, 
Move to a chair. Sit with God. God wants to spend time with you. That's the second thing. He wants to learn about you. He wants you to learn about him. He wants to hear what you're excited about, but he also wants you to take time to dig into his word and find out what he's excited about. What does he like? What does he dislike? What is his intention for you? How do you live a life really well? I mean, you do that with your friends, right? You guys take time, sit down, have a cup of coffee. God is like, have a cup of coffee with me too. The third thing is you need to recognize that you were created on purpose for a purpose. God designed you specifically to walk out the path that he created. And we get the opportunity to dive into that deeper and discover that full potential and identity that God has spoken into each one of us. And then third, yes, now you get up and you wiggle and move because, oh, this is fourth, not third. Fourth, you get to be a witness. We get to live our lives out transformed in front of others. And it's an all y'all, it's an all of us all get to live transformed lives out in front of others. Isn't that exciting? Okay, (laughs) I know some of you are like, no, it's not. (laughs) We do get to. And, And the truth of that is, when we know this, is that how our stories interact with each other, they tell a lot about who we think our God is, doesn't it? People are watching. How we interact tells a lot about that. But every morning, we get the opportunity to align our little kingdoms with the kingdom. Dallas Willard says that we have an arrange of our effective will. These are our little kingdoms, okay? But every morning we get the opportunity to align with him. And I know for me to understand all of this, like I, as a little girl when I accepted Jesus, I had no idea. I just said yes. But now that I'm growing and learning and I'm trying to help others come along in this journey as well, I have to be able to communicate how important this is And it took people to come alongside me to help me have a better understanding. The whys and the hows, how to unpack this gospel message, what it means to me, that's discipleship. That's just what it is. That's discipleship. It's just coming along other people and unpacking the good news of this message. But then there's accountability, right? So accountability is where I get to see the good things that God's called out in you and you and you means I got to get to know you. And you got to call out the good things that God's put in me. But there's a second part to this. We also, sh- also should be asking each other, how are you giving that back to the world around you? Are you looking where God is working and are you willing to partner with him? How are you engaging the kingdom of God? Where can you find people who will walk with you, unpack this stuff? Where can you find people who you'd ask those questions with? Well, hopefully our church is a good place where you can find people to connect with. We should be aligned around this gospel message here. But as you can see, this is a big group, right? <laughs> it's a lot of people. You gotta like take the next step. You gotta move into a smaller community, and those are our life groups. A smaller community of where you can be known, and where you can know others. And I know some of you are like, heck no. (laughs) I 
don't want to be known. And if I'm honest, there are times that I don't want to be known. I don't want to be honest. I don't want to be vulnerable. But the truth is, is that as I dive into this gospel message and I keep, I can't get away from the fact that I am called to be in relationship with God and each other. So again, this fall, I am going to engage. I'm going to connect into a life group and I hope that you guys would join one as well. Because Jesus' message was never about escaping. It was all about partnering. Our life groups are not just another church program. They were intentionally set up where we could come together and try to learn how to practice these principles together. Because most of us love Jesus, so if you can't practice it with each other, what is that going to look like when we go out into the community? There's supposed to be safe places to learn how to walk humbly, love mercy, seek justice, offer forgiveness, hospitality. It's places where we learn to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind and learn to love our neighbor as ourselves. Within our life groups, we're gonna get the opportunity to recognize the presence of God. We're gonna get the opportunity to invite those around us to wake up to that presence as well. It's gonna give us an opportunity to trust God more, live in faith more, engage the people around us more. It's gonna give us the opportunity to let go of everything that hinders us, to let go of the sin that easily entangles, and for us to run the race with perseverance that God has marked out for each and every one of us. We get the opportunity to engage and pray that God's kingdom would come, his will be done, as we join him to bring heaven to earth and align our spaces with his. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.